Welcome to the Climb Your Mountain podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Maurer, a certified personal trainer, high altitude mountaineer, and ultra runner. Each week, I show you how to train, eat, think, and live like a mountaineer so you can boost your chances of reaching the summit. My passion is to empower people of all ages and sizes to get outside and live lives of adventure. Remember, mountain climbing will never be easier than today. So let's dive into the show. What should you be able to do fitness-wise before you attempt to climb your mountain? I get this question a lot. Everybody's looking for a test. Should you be able to run a 5K before you climb Pikes Peak? Should you be able to ascend 1,000 feet? per hour before attempting Rainier. Friends, here's the truth. There's no fitness test you need to pass before you climb your mountain. You should never let the fact that you're not meeting some imaginary benchmarks stop you. However, because I know a lot of you are motivated by goals, in this episode, I'm gonna give you five benchmarks you can use for different objectives. We'll start with an easy day hike and work our way up to high altitude mountaineering and ultra hiking. Ready? Let's do this. Today's episode is brought to you by my course, Mountain Fit, Self-Coaching for Mountain Athletes. So congratulations, you've signed up for a mountaineering trip or a long distance trek. Now, how the French toast do you get in shape for it? You could hire a coach to help you, but the ones who actually understand our sport are so damn expensive. And even if you get a good one, no coach is ever going to understand your lifestyle, your schedule, and your body the way that you do. The truth is you will always be your own best coach. You just need to know what to do and when to do it. That's why I created Mountain Fit. This online masterclass is the roadmap you've been looking for to help you reach your fitness goals. In this course, I walk you step-by-step through everything you need to transform yourself into a diesel-powered hiking machine, even if you're starting from absolute zero. By the end, you'll know how to assess your fitness level, write a training plan that gets results, and choose the best exercises for your goals. And if you need a starting point, I've included 40 weeks, that's 40 weeks, of training plans you can adapt for your own season. So stop wasting thousands of dollars on Tracy, the big box gym trainer who has never hiked a day in her life. Learn how to train yourself with Mountain Fit. To check it out, just click the link in the show notes. Hope to see you in there. Hey y'all, happy June. Can you believe it's June? How did this happen? (laughs) And I don't know about you. I feel like every year, whenever June 1st rolls around, I start to have this crisis where I get very anxious about my goals that are coming up in the summer. I don't know why. For some reason, June is just when shit gets real. It feels like summer. And suddenly those trips that seemed really far away, those races that seem very off in the distance, they're getting close. And I'm actually going to have to do them. So I don't know if any of you are having that feeling, but it seems like maybe some of you are. Definitely in the Facebook group, I've had a few people writing in, asking questions like, I'm climbing a Colorado 14er in July. How do I know when I'm ready? So I thought it would be a really good idea to do an episode just on fitness goals. So that's what we're going to dive into today. So let's start with the question, how do I know when I'm ready to do X? And the first thing I want you to realize is you're never going to feel ready. You could be so freaking ready and the way our survival brain works, it's always going to find evidence that you're not. So just be ready for that. And 
realize that if your brain is screaming at you that you're going to die, that you should have done this, that you should have done that, nothing has gone wrong. This is just the way our brains work. This is the way that we're evolved. Your brain doesn't realize it's 2021 and life is much safer. You're not living in a cave. You're not facing lots of dangers every day that could kill you. Your brain is just doing its job trying to keep you alive. But what happens is people kind of buy into their own drama, And they start to believe thoughts like, I'm not ready and I'm going to die. So I actually have a podcast episode if you're interested. It's one of the early ones and it's actually one of my favorites. It's literally called I'm Not Ready and I'm Going to Die. So I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to check that out. If if you're having that feeling, it's a good one to listen to. We talk a little bit more about the survival brain. But the thing to understand is there's no fitness test that you need to, to pass before you climb Mount Rainier, before you climb a 14er, before you walk across the Grand Canyon. Here's the thing. You can work out as hard as you want, get in as good of shape as you want, and you're going to be on that trail most likely with plenty of people who are there who maybe aren't in great shape. And you're going to do a great job, and some of them are also going to do a great job. They're going to start early. They're going to take it slow. They're going to pace themselves. They're probably going to need to be willing to suffer a little more. It's going to hurt more because they're not in amazing shape. But here's the thing. They're going to get to the summit, finish the crossing, and they're going to do just fine. So it might seem really unfair, but that's the way life is. Sometimes you just need enough fitness, not amazing fitness. And I actually want you to take comfort in that. It's a totally true thing. One example I've shared before on the pod is whenever I did my first crossing, my first rim-to-rim-to-rim Grand Canyon trip, I actually hardly trained at all. It's 45 miles. My longest training hike was 14 miles. It's 11,000 feet of elevation gain. I did it mostly on flat. I actually did it mostly like running around Denver, like around my neighborhood and still had an awesome time. Could I have probably done it faster if I had trained a lot? Probably. Could it have maybe been more pleasant and not hurt as much? Possibly. It's actually so beautiful, though. It didn't actually hurt that much. The beauty of that place, of the Grand Canyon, kind of takes away the pain. It's really hard to suffer too hard in there when you're just looking around at all the amazing stuff. So I want you to take comfort in these things. And I also, as I'm sharing these goals, these things for you to work towards, I don't want you to use them as an excuse to give up. For example, I give a benchmark and I say, this is something you could try if you're getting ready for a Colorado 14er and you are climbing, planning to climb the 14er next week and you're nowhere near this benchmark. I don't want you to use this as an excuse to call the whole thing off. I still want you to go give it a try and just go at it with your whole heart. And you know, you often will be totally just fine. So why am I giving you benchmarks if benchmarks don't really matter? You may be wondering, One thing I realize about you all, because it's true about me too, is we're all very goal-oriented people. We love having a concrete goal to work towards. The idea of, I'm going to climb a mountain, so I'm just going to go out and hike a lot, it it starts to wear thin over that four-month training season that we have when we're getting ready for a big trip, a big goal. Having actual numbers, having something to shoot for, I think can really help us go the distance and keep our motivation high and 
keep us getting out there every day, doing the work, taking the little steps that add up to big fitness in the end. So that's why I'm going to share these goals with you. And I hope that you'll use them to motivate yourself and not to punish yourself and not as an excuse to give up. Even if you're nowhere near them, you can still go and do the thing that's fine. But I'm going to give you some things to work toward. And we're going to start with absolute beginners and work our way up to high altitude mountaineering in five levels. So let's do it. Here we go. So level one, this is the goal for folks who are, yeah, you know, maybe just beginners, maybe coming back to fitness after a break, have not been doing much the past few years. Maybe you've been raising kids, focusing on your job, doing other things. Maybe you have health conditions. You know, as long as you are cleared to start exercising and you want to get out, start hiking more, this is my goal for you. So the goal is walking 30 to 60 minutes most days a week. And a lot of people hear that and they kind of get like, like kind of grumpy teenager about it. And they're like, no, I want to do the good stuff. I want to do burpees. I want to do the 60 pound pack carry. And I want to tell you, if you are in this place, that this is the good stuff. Here's a concept that really blew my mind that I learned recently. I think it's so awesome. It's called the infinite 1% rule. Here it is. The greatest progress that you will ever make in your mountaineering life towards becoming an elite mountaineer or climbing some big mountain that you dream of someday, the greatest progress you're going to make is the day that you start, the day that you get off the couch and start that program, get your butt out the door and just with the dog and you're just like walking down the street and it's hot and you're sweating. At that moment, when you take the very first step, you are much closer to that goal of being a fit and strong mountaineer than you are to that person you were a minute ago that's not doing anything, that's not chasing their goal, that's maybe still sitting on the couch thinking about mountaineering. The difference between you and elite mountaineering fitness at this point is just repeating the action, taking action again, taking action again, repeating what you've already done. And doing the first one is the hardest things. So if this goal seems kind of baby kindergarten to you, then I want you to just let go of that thought and just tell yourself, this is the work, taking the very first step, getting to that point where I'm walking 60 minutes most days of the week is huge. That is like the best thing I could do for my mountaineering career. Once I do that, everything else is going to come a lot easier. So that's level one, 60 minutes a day, Or most days, you know, I like to always have a rest day in there somewhere. This is a great one if you just want to do some day hikes. For example, later this summer, maybe your family's going to Arches National Park. You want to walk around and see all the beautiful rock formations. Just being able to walk 60 minutes a day, you're going to be able to see some amazing stuff in that park. So never think that being able to walk 60 minutes, it doesn't matter. It's actually the gateway to so many awesome places. So let's move up to level two. This is one that's good for day hiking on pretty moderate terrain. You're not necessarily going through hardcore mountains at this point. So some examples, some famous examples of what you can do with level two might be a day hike to Ice Lakes in Colorado. I have a picture on one of my websites and on some of my social media sites of me at Island Lake, which is an Ice Lakes basin. And people go crazy. They're like, how do you get there? That's so amazing. It's actually a really nice day hike. And you can do this at level two. This would be an easy 14er as well. Something like Huron Peak. Sorry, all my examples are from Colorado. That's where I live. 
They just have to be, I guess. <laughs> okay, so what's level two? What's the benchmark? You're gonna be able to hike for four hours while carrying a regular day pack. So a regular day pack is about 10 to 15 pounds. A pack that contains all your essential survival gear. So if you're familiar with the 10 essentials of hiking gear, you want them all in the pack at this point. If that's a new concept to you, I'll put a link in the show notes to a blog post I did about the 10 essentials. And there's also a video of me unpacking my pack and showing you all my 10 essentials. And yeah, once that pack is fully packed with everything I would need to survive in an emergency, it it probably weighs about 12 pounds in my case. And how do you get to this point? It's a lot of just getting out and hiking, putting on your packs, maybe starting at 60 minutes, which is where you left off at level two, and just taking a hike for an hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hours, three hours. It might surprise you how easy it is to get from level one to level two once you just get out there a few times a week and really enjoy it. And while you're doing this, I also want you to continue walking 60 minutes most days a week. Even if you're not actually on a hike, you're just walking around a neighborhood. The walking matters. The time on your feet matters, especially once we start getting into longer hikes. You'll hear the words time on your feet a lot. It makes a huge difference, even if it doesn't feel like it's giving you a lot of benefit when you're just walking the dog around town. I still want you to do that. So once you get that under your belt, let's move up to level three. This is the one you want to work toward for longer day hikes, backpacking trips. If you're starting to do maybe some beginner scrambling and mountaineering trips, maybe something like Kelso Ridge on Tori's peak. This is the level that you want to work at. So what do you do for level three? I want you to hike for five hours and this time you're going to carry your goal trip weight. So depending on what your goal trip is, that could be the backpack that you're going to take on your backpacking trip. It could mean carrying up to 60 pounds if you're training for a self-supported mountaineering trip, something like a climb of Mount Rainier without a guide. You're going with friends and you're going to need to carry all your own gear. Or sometimes if you are going with a guide, you're doing a mountaineering seminar, in which case they're going to want you to carry all your own gear. So just do a little bit of research, kind of figure out what's appropriate for the kind of trip you're going on. Talk to other folks who are into the same thing, kind of figure out what they have in their packs, maybe get some education, take some classes and just find out like what your pack weight's going to be. And if it's a multi-day trip, you want to find out what it's going to be at its heaviest. So for example, using Mount Rainier again, whenever we climb Mount Rainier, we usually go up an advanced base camp. And then from there, we make camp. And then when we go to the summit from there, we carry a lighter pack. So our heaviest carry is from the bottom up to the advanced base camp. And then it gets a lot lighter. So you want to know approximately what it's going to be whenever you're heading up to that advanced base camp and you're carrying your ropes, your tents, your stoves, your fuel, all the things you're not necessarily going to take to the summit. So once you've got that in mind, just go ahead and start getting out there, doing some longer hikes, carrying the weight. We call that pack carries. A couple tips for pack carries. If you can carry the weight as water, that's often a good idea. This allows you to adjust on the fly. Say you go out, you're doing your pack carry workout. It's a really hot day. You're really just like really dragging. You're worried about maybe getting heat exhaustion. You can dump some water to make life easier for yourself. Same thing if you're heading downhill and your knees are starting to really bother you and you don't want to grind them up. Just you can dump the water. Always better to, you know, be easy on the body. 
not try to push things through things that are painful. So the water allows us to make those adjustments as we go. Now, eventually you are going to want to practice with the same pack, the same gear you're going to have on the gold trip, but you can wait till that's, that's getting a little bit closer. You don't necessarily have to do that through the whole entire four month training period. Some other things to think about with pack carries, you're generally moving towards more difficult hikes at this point, especially if you're doing scrambling and mountaineering, you're gonna be in more difficult terrain. So think about carrying your pack on some terrain that maybe replicates what you'll do on your goal trip. So that might mean finding a place that's steep, that has some steep hill climbs, some steep descents, it might mean finding a hike that has some technical terrain, lots of rocks and drop-offs and maybe a bit of exposure. And, you know, if you're training in, say, Arkansas, well, Arkansas is probably a bad example. They actually have pretty cool mountains. If you're training in Florida for something in the Rockies, this might be a little bit of a tall order, but see what you can do. Sometimes even finding a river with a stream bed that has some rocks that you can practice just walking and stepping from rock to rock can really make a big difference. So level that's level three. And then level four, see how they're getting harder. Level four is for you if you're planning to do hard mountain day hikes and backpacks, something like Long's Peak, maybe something like the Four Pass Loop, maybe planning a harder scrambling trip or a mountaineering trip, or this is a good one too for anything where you want to be able to climb fast in order to perhaps keep up with a group or you are doing a scramble, for example, where once you're on that ridge, you're pretty committed. You've got to be able to move through the terrain and get to the other side and not be in danger of being trapped by, say, maybe a thunderstorm that might come along. So level four, here's my goal for you. You're going to be able to ascend 1,000 feet an hour. And while you're doing this, you're going to carry the appropriate pack for your discipline, whether that's a day pack or a backpack or a mountaineering pack. It's pretty close to what you would carry on the actual mountain. So Couple tips to help you do this. First, you're gonna find a trail that rises 1,000 feet over one to two miles. That's one option. If you don't have that kind of elevation gain around you, again, say maybe you're in Florida, you can use man-made structures or like stairs, like stadiums. You could use something like a stair mill even if they're in a pinch. Those are also appropriate. I know when I was training for this particular goal, one thing I like to do here in Denver was go to Red Rocks, which is the concert venue that's an amphitheater. And you, if you go there on any given day, you'll see lots of people walking up and down the stairs alongside the seats. And they're often wearing backpacks and training for different objectives. So I hadn't figured out how many laps up the stairs was a thousand feet. And once I could do that in an hour, I was pretty excited. I was trying to do it with my scrambling pack at that time. So 1,000 feet an hour, pretty simple. Get out there with your pack, time yourself. It's okay to carry a little bit less weight as you're easing into this. You might not be able to do a thousand feet an hour, even with a small pack when you first start out. But keep trying with that small pack. Once you can do it with a day pack, maybe add a little bit of weight. If on your gold trip, you're going to carry something heavier. So just keep working at it. See how close you can get, or if you can actually hit that benchmark, have a lot of fun doing it. So this brings us to the last one. Pretty exciting. And this is level five. This is for your really long trips with lots of elevation gains. So a good example might be Mount Rainier, since we've been using that example. Another good example that folks like to do is that rim to 
rim to rim Grand Canyon trip where you walk down and across the Grand Canyon to the other side, and then you come back and you do it all without stopping. There's no camping, there's no permit. It's just a really, really long, hard day of hiking. And both of those trips have about 10 to 11,000 feet of elevation gain total. So that's huge. It may seem huge when you're thinking about it in your head, especially if you're in a place like Florida. And those trips also have some distance. I think Mount Rainier, um, if you go the Emmons route, it's 20 miles. That's I can't think of the other routes, but yeah, that's probably pretty representative. Grand Canyon, it's 45 miles, right? If you go across and back in one day. So how in the French toast do you get ready for that? People are always mind blown when they start thinking about it. So what I want you to do, and this is a good exercise for maybe your peak week, like something to shoot for on your very hardest training week before you start your taper. Here's what I want you to do. You're going to plan your week so that you do all your distance and all your vertical, all your elevation gain cumulatively in one week. So over the course of a week, you're going to do 45 miles and 11,000 feet of vert if you're doing the rim to rim to rim. And you're going to keep track of this. You're going to need to track your workouts in order to really keep track of this. So whether you do that with an app like Strava or you have a GPS watch that can also be really helpful, make sure you have something like that. And then you're going to need to do some planning for this, right? Because that's a lot of elevation gains to, even here in Colorado for me, that would be a lot of elevation gains to do in one week. So what can you do? You can use a discovery app, like I mentioned, like All Trails or Hiking Project, just to find places with lots of vert near you. And keep in mind, it doesn't necessarily need to be like a long loop. I know the one that I always play on whenever I'm home in Ohio and I'm training, there's a loop that has, it's I think it's like two miles and it has 300 feet of elevation gain. So I'll just go around and around and around it. And if I wanted to even make it more intense, I could just go up and down the hilly part, the part where the steep hill is in order to get elevation gain faster. Once again, stairs, stair mills, these are all totally fine. If you're using a stair mill, you can figure out like how many steps up is a thousand feet and then just make sure that you're catching that information and recording it before you hop off the stair mill. You can put actually manually enter that into your app so that as elevation gains so that you can keep your tally solid. And another thing to keep in mind is that, for example, if you live in Florida, 11,000 feet of gain in a week, if you are actually going to do that peak week training in Florida, that might be a stretch, right? Like some of you are probably like, yeah, <laughs> I'd have to be on the stair mill in the gym for like 12 hours, and I'm just not sure I'm willing to do that. That's okay. If you don't hit 11,000 feet, it's still totally fine to go and do the trip. Like I told you, when I was training for that rim to rim to rim in Denver, even I had access to all these amazing mountains and didn't use them. I didn't do a whole lot of vert to get ready and it was still totally fine. So don't, once again, use this as an excuse to give up. But one thing I do want you to do is maybe get a little bit curious about it and play with it. You're like, oh, what would it be like to get 11,000 feet of gain in Florida? Like, how could I do that? Is there a way to do that? And just start getting really creative, asking yourself questions, kind of brainstorming ideas and see how close you can get. Would it be cool if you did get 11,000 feet? That would be crazy. But if you maybe get like five or six, that would be really cool too. I mean, 
That's not easy to do in a place like Florida. So friends, there's some training benchmarks for you. I hope this is helpful for your goal setting. And once again, I forbid you from using these to beat yourself up or as an excuse to give up. They're just totally for motivational purposes, for something fun to play with, to keep you going day to day during that long training season where sometimes it's easy to just kind of lose sight of the goal if you don't have something very measurable and concrete to work towards. So hope that's helpful. If you have any questions, you can always hit me up in our Facebook group, holler at me on Instagram. The links are in the show notes if you want to find either of me in either of those places. And yeah, have a good week. Happy June. I'll talk to you soon. Hey friend, if you're enjoying the pod, there are two simple and free ways you can show your support. First of all, please share this with a friend who might find it helpful. And second, please leave a review on iTunes. Your support means the world to me. Thanks so much for tuning in.